Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Dennis. Beats his tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three things. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard All you. right. What is going on? We are here, Cannell and Bell, live in Nashville at the Doghouse Saloon. Yeah. We made it. We made it on air. A little bit of a question mark. You know, every once in a while, you're like, hey, are we going to be able to do this thing live? We made it. We're here. You're here. We both survived the trip. Nashville, we got a big show. DK Metcalf is going to join us, most likely going in the first round. Yep. He's, he's, I, every time I sit here and watch the draft, I love these moments because you're going to see guys' lives change forever, which is awesome. Financially, they're going to be set. But I always think about what's going through their mind. Like, where am I going to live? Sure. Who are going to be my teammates? It's the first Who's thing I'm going to do when I get a little paper. Yeah, yeah, that, that too, that too, that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking more of the business approach, but that is a very reasonable uh, ask there for right. that. So we're going to get him up here in a minute. Uh, we got to talk a little NBA as the Warriors yeah. got beat last night. That was a shock to some. We'll do some props with the actual draft, see where we think guys are going to go. But first, how are your travels here? Were yep. they okay? I was going to ask you. Mine were great. It was a solo yep. dolo mission. I got to dive into a couple movies. You know, go nice. back. Um, what was yours like? So mine was good. I had a great experience. Yeah. This is nice first class. Sure. Got the upgrade. But it wasn't just you on the flight. Yes, that is true. I took my wife on this trip. She, I brought her along. She yeah. wanted to go to Nashville forever. And I said, babe, why don't you come along? You can come along for the ride. Right. So she's like, sure, I'll go. I told her I was working. I'm like, I'm going to be really busy. Yeah. But you can come along. She's like, done. So I get the trip. I get first class. I get the upgrade. She's on a separate ticket. Right. I bought her coach. So it always becomes this discussion of, what do you do? Are you the chivalrous guy who says, sure, you can have the front seat. You can have a nice comfy one. Or do you stay in your seat? So in my defense, I have a uh, medically a medical condition yeah, okay. that I do have okay. back issues. Okay. Okay. I have bad well, knees. I'm, I'm boo-boo the fool I, this morning. Okay. okay. I, I have bad knees. Right. So if I sit in the back, I'm going to have issues all weekend sure. long. So – I took the front. She took the back. Because yeah, your business Everybody trip. Was your ha- business trip. Exactly. Absolutely. I'm the business trip. I'm the one that has to be working. <laughs> so the only problem with it, my wife's totally cool. She gets right. she gets it. She knows she's tall, but she's not six four. Right. And so she got it, but there was I think I might because there were two legs. Oh, I could have given her yeah, one and the shorter the one. The flight from Atlanta to Nashville was only like fifteen minutes. You didn't I even give that I, up. I, I should have given her oh. that one. It could have been massive oh. round. Like it could have just really like been a nice weekend. Right, set it right, off right. right. <laughs> and especially it was so close. Then I get the text while I'm sitting in first class. She gets to her seat. She's like, "Ugh, there's a toddler next to me." Done. <laughs> exactly. You're done. Exactly. So I was a little bit done yeah. uh, in that situation. But we got DK Metcalf. He's going to join us here in just a few seconds. We'll get him up here. Um, I think he's one of the better receivers in the draft. A lot of people think he's the number one, will be the first one taken off the board. He's big. He's physical. He's a guy uh, that can really, you know, create mismatches. Right. I, I'm curious to see him get up here on set with us and see how big he is. Because, yeah. you know, we the, the picture went viral not that long ago. We talked about it. It's been pretty insane. I want to see how his skill set translates to the next level. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He's like the Terminator, right? Like, you, you I, I am curious also because it's very rare that I feel small. It's been a long time since I was in an NBA locker room. And I had to feel when he gets up here, I'm going to feel pretty small. And if I do, like, what is an NFL corner or safety or someone tasked to run with him uh, uh, going to be able to do when he's in full stride and exerting all that physicality on you? you yeah, so absolutely. Let's so let's get our guy up here. Come on up here, DK. He's got great initials, by the way. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, just he's just a great dude. Born for Hop it. over here, man. How's it going? What's going on? Hop across. Watch out. Don't slip so or anything. DK, nice to meet you, babe. We got headphones over there set up for you. Uh, he's got headsets right there. There we go. 
DK Metcalf, what's going on, my man? How we doing today? So tell me what's going through your mind, because, I mean, you're hearing all different stuff. I'm sure you probably might have looked at a, dra- a mock draft or two. What's going through your mind as we're getting closer and closer to the selection when you'll find out where you're going to be a pro? Um, like, I'm calming down more and more as as uh, the you know time gets closer. Um, I'm just ready to see where I'm going to end up pretty much, yes, sir. Yeah, let me ask you a question because obviously, you know, all, all your workouts and stuff went viral and, and, uh, you know, talk to me about your pre-draft and you are already a physical specimen coming off of the season, but what were the type of things in that process that you were trying to get better at to showcase at the combine? Um, well, pretty much my route running. Um, I worked with coach Jerry Sullivan, um, who's a great receiver coach, has a lineage of players that he's coached. Um, and just pretty much get leaner, um, get my bench press up more. And just um, be able to kill the combine, basically. So, your workout photo went viral. Like it was, in, like it was trending on the internet. Everybody started talking. Like really exploded, and it exploded your profile. It helped your draft stock. Like everything. All of a sudden, everybody knew who you were because you had this picture with your shirt off. How much? Like, did you? How much has your body changed over the last couple years? Like, is it? Have you changed that much? Have you always been this? Yoked and shredded and six percent body fat or what? What is your body? Is it four? It's What's like it? Two. Two. Right now, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry to offend. You. I didn't mean to offend you there. But have you have you changed that much? Like, has your body changed that much in the um, last few years? Since freshman year of college, yes, sir. Um, I've just gotten bigger and more leaner. Um, even when I got to uh, Exos in Phoenix, I mean, they I can see a before and after picture, and I can see like a total change in my body. Um, so your dad played in the NFL for a while, and you know, I always, I'm always interested in asking the questions when you have a parent or an older sibling that's played. What, what type of stuff did he do with you younger? What was the message to you when you were playing sports? Was it more of a fun thing? Was it more of a tutoring type of thing about what, what to expect and how to be a pro? Uh, or did he just kind of let you kind of roll out there and enjoy being a kid playing, um, playing football? My dad, uh, pretty much taught me young how to be a pro. Um, whether it was on the field and off the field, like how to carry yourself around people. Um, but he never pushed me to play sports or nothing. Like it was just, I wanted to play. Right. And I wanted to be like my dad, um, and make it to, you know, this moment in my life. Um, so, you know, my dad, we used to go run together, work out together. Um, he used to teach me plays, teach me coverages. So, I mean, he did it like silently to where it was, it was fun for me and I wanted to do it. Did you ever feel pressure of expectations being the son of an NFL player? Cause Raj, I played in the NBA. Right. I played in the, we both have kids and sometimes I'm like, man, I don't want, I want them to be their own kid. Did right. you feel any of that pressure? No, sir. Um, no, just watching him and what he did and you know, the accomplishments that he made, um, you know, other people tried to pressure me, but my dad never pressured me. I wanted to like from day one, I wanted to al- already be better than him. Um, just, you know, ha- to have a goal to reach for. Um, so I'm still trying to uh, do that, still trying to accomplish, trying to be better than my father. What has he told you about the next jump and how to be a successful pro? Um, he told me I'm going to be surprised, but um, at the, you know, the people in the locker room, but just keep working. Uh, don't change and just, um, like, like I said at first, just keep working and uh, use my money wisely first of all. There you go. Wait, a- speaking of money, Raja yeah. was saying this earlier because we were saying, you know, you got to be having a lot of thoughts run through your head, where you're going to live, who your teammates are going to be, who your coach is going to be. And Raja brought up an exceptional point, oh, yeah. and we all thought it. Yeah. Once you get that bread, what's your first purchase going to be? Uh, haven't thought about it. Like that. <laughs> uh, come on. Now we, can, we can open up here. We're just a couple of athletes hanging out talking. 
Uh, do you already have a ride? Did you already get a ride picked out? Uh, no, sir. No, no not yet. All right, so all right, what, what, all right, you, go, you take over. Take right. over. What's the suit look like for tonight? You can give us that, right? Like, what? what? None of God. Okay, fair enough. Are you, well, all right, so how about give us a little bit of a taste, a little flavor. Is it going to be more conservative, or are you going to push the envelope with the suit? Oh, no, it's, it's going to be conservative. President. Presidential. presidential. I, I like that. that. I, I like that. that. He might be a politician. Yeah, they, 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 some of these answers are for him, right? These, some of these questions are all our answers are fantastic. I want to ask him because obviously uh, you you electrified the combine. The numbers that came out were fantastic, but there were some people um, that were talking about shuttles and whatnot. And and I want to ask you because not everybody has all positives on their on their resume or their right. stat sheet. What do you say to the people who might nitpick at some of the things that you might not have done well uh, at the combine? Um, go watch my film. Um, I know my shuttle times weren't great. Uh, people say I can only run in a straight line. Um, but at pro day, uh, during the combine, I had to run routes. Right. And nobody had anything to say about my curve route, my dig route, or any of that. I'm still getting in and out of my breaks like I was 5'11". So I, I'm not worried about that aspect of it. What do you think you'll need to improve on to be a Pro Bowl-type player? Because you got the skill set. you got the physical school, uh, skill set. What do you need to do to make sure you're a success at the next level? Like, where do you think your weaknesses are? Um, well, I studied a little, like, every now and again in college, but just trying to hone in on studying my opponent more and more and more to where, like, it's it's a lifestyle for me. Um, if I can do that, then, you know, sometimes my – my talent or my physical abilities will will lack at some point uh, going against a better DB. But since I've studied them more, I, I'm gonna have the upper hand on them. Who do you think is the? If you you gotta believe you're the best receiver in the draft, right? Yes, sir. Of Who's course. the second best? Uh, my teammate. Yeah, yeah. AJ. Yeah. yeah. What is he gonna bring to the table for a team? Um, I mean, me and AJ have battled each other in high school, went to the same college. So, uh, me just watching him grow up. And just, you know, going through this journey uh, with him has been amazing. But ever since we got to college, AJ has been a strong pass catcher, can run routes, can make you miss, even though he's like 220, 230. I mean, he when he gets the ball in his hands, he's like a running back. So, I mean, AJ is a complete receiver in my opinion. Um, I know you can't divulge this. You've already you've been very shrewd about navigating <laughs> our questions here. But um, I, I, I didn't get drafted. But pre-draft, you know, I had a lot of people on the phone with me telling me things, uh, telling me to look out for things. Have you had those conversations recently with teams or teams, um, you know, giving you some insight into where they think they might take you and so on and so forth? Not that you got to tell us, right, but right. are you having those convos? Um, no, sir. Uh, I tell every team, uh, you know, don't tell me any of that. I want it to be a surprise. Um, don't want to have any expectations going into to tonight to where I'm going to be even more disappointed, disappointed, um, you know, if they pass on me or anything. So, Have you had anybody besides your dad, maybe it's a former teammate at Ole Miss, maybe somebody that you knew growing up that's also been a mentor to you to kind of give you advice through this process? Um, I would say Dante Moncrief, uh, DJ Jones, who's a, a DB at the Jets, they've all told me to just keep my same work ethic as soon as I get there. Um, they told me that I'm going to be surprised at how um, much easier it is uh, because – you know, we work so hard at our craft every day. So um, that's pretty much what they told me. And we've been, you know, back at Ole Miss doing releases, routes, one-on-ones, and all that. So let's talk about – I want to go back to that the picture, the Ole Miss picture. Because, I mean, you were yoked in it, but everybody in the pick <laughs> yeah, – No, everybody in the pick looked like there was a commitment to being in that weight room. Right. Was that something as a unit, like as a wide receivers unit, you guys said we were going to be the most physical and, and strong wide receiver unit in the country? Was that a goal of you guys, or was that just something that was, was organic through the weightlifting process there at, uh, at Ole Miss? Um, um, I mean, we pushed each other from day one, um, whether it was on the field and off the field. Um, 
call ourselves NWO, Nasty Wide Out. So there you go. All right. we got to keep that mentality of where we're going to be the best. We're going to train like we're the best. We're going to practice hard. Just try to do everything right. All right, let's have some fun. You're here with New Era. Yes, sir. They're killing the hat game. Yeah. So we got the hats that the selections are actually going to be putting on tonight. When okay, they get these are picked. the actual These are the actual, like yeah. When they go up there and they're handed the hat from the team, it's going it to be, be one this of these. hat right here. Right. So I want to play a little game with you, DK. Right. So we're going to call it Ball Cap Rorschach. Do you know what the Rorschach test is where they give you that blot of ink and it's just some – you have to like – the first thing that comes to your mind, you have right. to say. Yes, sir. All right, so that's what we're going to do. So what, take that first one over there, Raja. Yep. And all right, so we got the Indianapolis Colts. First thing that comes to mind for you? Uh, cross. <laughs> I like that. Now, what about because some, some of these have been mocked up yeah. uh, that you could be a potential draft pick of the Colts. What would you think about going to play with Andrew Luck in that squad? Amazing. Um, I've heard great things about Andrew Luck, about how he can put the ball, you know, to where only his receivers can uh, catch it. So that will be great just playing with Andrew Luck. All right. There's not going to be a problem for him, though. I mean, they could put it pretty much anywhere for him, and he'd probably go get it. So it's, exactly. It's all, right. all right. Next one up. Green. Green. There you go. <laughs> so he sees the green. So we got the – it's the Seattle Seahawks here, the 12 right there. Um, Russell Wilson, one of the better quarterbacks in the game, playing in Seattle. What would that mean to you? Um, it rains a lot up there, I heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, now, are you, a, are you a glove or no glove guy? I'm a glove guy. Because they actually – they actually when it's a little wet, you tell me if I'm wrong, they actually get a little bit stickier where they help you a little bit more. So maybe the rain wouldn't affect you right. that much yeah, if you're there, you know? All right, Look, next one up. All right, let's see what we got. Oh, oh the oh, Cowboys. Two-tone. Two-tone. All right. <laughs> solid two-tone look there, the Dallas Cowboys gear. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, they got Amari Cooper right now. What would you feel like playing uh, the other side of the field from Amari Cooper, another SEC guy? Man, that's just, I mean, just hearing those names, it's amazing. Um, you know, two SEC guys and Ezekiel Elliott from the Big Ten, I mean, those are big-time names. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's see. Oh. Chicago. My dad. There, you go. Ah, there it is. Your dad's all, this is sweet. This is that's the hat that I might get dibs on. Lid. We might have to fight yeah, over this yeah, one because Raja and I, we're already talking about which hat we tag. want to take home. I got home. my name on it. <laughs> it <laughs> does. It already has your initials on there. How would you feel going to some place that's cold? Yeah, that's a good question. Because, I mean, that's always – for me, I was I was born and raised in South Florida. I didn't want any part of a cold environment. That was more than rain, more than anything. I just didn't want to play in the cold. How would you be in a cold-weather spot like Chicago? Um – Living there for nine years, I don't think it'll be a problem. <laughs> you, you got that covered. Looks like another cold one here. Oh, a finish line. Finish. There we go. <laughs> yeah, the Steelers. Um, so Ben Roethlisberger just got inked, right? Yep, he's New got deal. 30 mil a year. And there's they, a gaping hole there. I mean, you still got Juju Smith-Schuster, but obviously right. Antonio Brown's out. Um, yep. Talk to us about a place like like uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, like you said, Big Ben, a quarterback, another person who can put the ball right where it needs to be right do you right have a preference well we'll go to the next one here we'll go to the next one and we'll get because well, i was going to ask you a question but we'll see what we think of the bills shocking. later shocking Sh- like that's that. kind of cool because yeah. if you see it does have like uh, almost the lightning bolts there which are pretty tight for the bills do you have a preference if you'd rather go to a team with a veteran quarterback like a ben rothsberger and the steelers or a place like josh allen where he's still kind of cutting his teeth in the nfl uh, i think there's uh pros to both um like you said josh allen a young quarterback we can go in there, we can establish something early, or just learning from a veteran quarterback, um, being like a rookie in the league, you can already go in and learn the tips of how, how to be a pro. <laughs> he's polished, man. I'm telling really you what, he's, like, he's, he's got really all good. the answers covered. Really he's like, he's walking I, I, got, I got a question for him. All right. all right, so you you leave school, you're a big man on campus. You get dropped into a locker room, whether it's a, a young team or an old Super Bowl contending team, and immediately uh, you're a rook. 
Have you been talked to by your dad and other pros about what that's like and the humility that comes along right. with that? Because it is a bit humbling when you go in there as, yes, as a young fella, you know? Yes, sir. Um, I've heard it's, it's tough at first, but, you know, you got to learn your role like any other team. I was a freshman once. I uh, changed schools. I was a new kid once. So right. it's, it's, you know, learning your role in, in every organization. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's go. Right, we got a couple go. more. We're almost done with these. Boom. Oh, stars. Stars, <laughs> yeah, there it is. Redskins, we got the Redskins logo on there. That one's pretty sweet. we got Florida State colors, so I like that one. Giants. American. Oh, that's good. Red, yeah. white, and blue. That's a sweet one right there. All right, I want to get to this last one here. We'll, we'll do these last two because we got first thought. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that. That's a good one for them. Yeah, Jimmy 49. G. Yeah, Jimmy G. They could use a squad. All right, last one. Ooh. Now, this would be a situation. Mm. They have the 32nd pick in the first round. Yeah, though. Would you be upset that you dropped to 32, or would you be pumped that you'd get to go play with the GOAT, Tom Brady? Um, if anybody drafted, you shouldn't be upset. Uh, it's another opportunity just to play in the National Football League. So, well, you I, tried. I, I wouldn't be upset. I know, He man. tried, but you know, tried, tried, but you didn't give it hey, like DK, Metcalf, thanks for the time, man. I yeah. know you're going to be running around. Thanks for joining us on behalf of New Era. These lids are sweet. Can't wait to see which one you'll be putting on tonight right. in yeah, that no presidential suit that you'll be rocking. Yes, and who knows? We'll follow you on uh, Instagram, Twitter, all the social media to see what kind of ride you get. Because yeah, I know you got it. something picked out. <laughs> all right. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Canel and Bell, hanging here at the Doghouse Saloon in Nashville. You know, the other day I said, come on out and see us. Come stop by. Yep. I think it's open. I don't know if it's 100% open, but if you are, just bang on the door. Just and keep tell banging. Them, tell them you work with CBS Sports right. HQ, and we'll, we'll get you in. Daniel, hold you down. He's a couple good. of our buddies are here watching us, so that's pretty cool. But yeah. we're having a good time. DK Metcalf was awesome. I can't wait to see. I was telling you just when we let go, he is a massive, impressive figure. I mean, he's intimidating, and that's an instant mismatch on the outside. And as a quarterback, you got that big catch radius. You put it in his wind. Just put it in his vicinity, and he can go get it. If you are comparing athletes, I, I don't really care what sport it is. Provided their skill sets are, are the same and similar, give me the bigger, stronger, and faster player every time. And I'm going with that. And I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a really, really good pro, and he's gonna really hide tonight. He's got a really good head on his shoulders. You can tell just from talking to sure. him. Not arrogant. He's humble, and yet he's confident at the same time. Like he's got that perfect mix yeah. of what you would want in mm-hmm. a guy. All right, you know who probably. I don't know if they have a lot of confidence right now, our Raiders fans, because the John Gruden hire didn't go off probably as well as they would have hoped, although we probably built up the expectations. We can't forget he was out of the game for a decade, Mm -hmm. goes back in, and they're in with his philosophy. They traded away Khalil Mack. 
They traded away Amari Cooper. They're getting younger. So this is a monster draft for the Raiders. They've got four, uh, three picks in the first round. they got right. the fourth overall pick. They have the 24th overall pick, and they have the 27th overall pick. Uh, those, the 24th and 27th were the Bears and Cowboys picks that they got in those trades that we just mentioned. I think there's a ton of pressure on them. They hired Mike Mayock, who was, you know, he's a, he's a TV guy. He's right. not, he's a, he's a, he's, and he's good at what he did when he was on TV with NFL Network as a draft guru. But it's a totally different animal to be up here like you are yeah. and breaking down guys than actually having to Make the selections where there's going to be an impact. There's going to be a with the consequences and live with the consequences. Yeah, we get up here, we talk it, yep. and tomorrow everybody forgets about it. Exactly. Right. Or what's the worst? They put us on freezing cold takes. Yeah, like for, who cares? Real, We're not getting fired correct, for that. Correct. These guys' jobs are on the line, and I do think this draft is really important. So Gruden the other day was quoted as saying. Uh, I could go, I could see us moving way up, I could see us moving way down, and I could see us sitting here. Like, he was as coy as it gets. He said, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Basically said they're open to doing anything. There are a lot of different reports coming out, but I do think the one thing that everybody would agree on, this is a massive draft for the Raiders that they have to hit on, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, they, they do need to, uh, capitalize on the opportunity because you, you don't know you don't amass this amount of draft picks all the time right and so when you have them uh you you do want to maximize that having mike mayock in there a guy who supposedly a draft guru uh you would you would expect that they did some pretty cool things tonight now here's here's what bothers me and here's why i think it's even more important that they hit tonight it's, be, it's because you alluded to them coming out and establishing a philosophy or establishing one uh, and moving on from some of the players amassing this amount of draft picks and and it seemed like that's where they were going to go until antonio brown came up yeah and then you changed midstream what your philosophy was going to be you took on a bit of a headache you gave up some picks to get him uh then you had to pay him you know a good amount of money and it just it just was kind of it was it was counterintuitive to what you had been preaching and what you were what you were talking about being as a franchise. And so when you do that, your fan base is, is like, well, well, what's up? Like because you're preaching one thing, now you're talking out of the other side of your mouth. So when you start to give them mixed messages and there becomes a little uncertainty as to what your plan and whether you're going to execute it or not, you must nail this draft. So let me ask something because there was an interesting report that came out from Ian Rappaport last week, and the the report was that John Gruden and Mike Mayock had sent their scouts home for the weekend. This yeah. was last Friday, and they were not expected to return by draft time. There was the philosophy, the thinking was they didn't want to trust, they didn't really trust anybody. They wanted to keep things in house. I think it's normal. You t- you were in a front office with the Cleveland Cavaliers. All right. You know, I see that look on your face. You're telling me that's not normal. Bro, like no, I, Cleveland Cavaliers is an NBA team. Correct. I am not familiar with the way it works in the NFL, but if you have information and knowledge at your fingertips as resources and you've got to make the biggest decision of the year you're telling me you're sending all of that home like i don't i don't think that's a normal practice now i can't again again i can't speak for the nfl but in nba circles that's not normal you want those guys as close as possible in case anything shakes down you weren't prepared for and you need another set of eyes on it i think it's become the new normal and here's why how many things? How many times have you heard? Sources are telling me. People are yeah, telling oh, totally. from all the reporters yeah. across everything. Where do you think they're getting those sources? I don't think it's necessarily from Gruden or Mayock or any head coach or any GM. They have connections. They have guys they meet at bars, at the draft, at the combine. Right. They're making relationships. The reporters are, and then they're getting little nuggets of information. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but they're pulling information. 
and here's the th- here's the kicker why I think this doesn't isn't surprising. I don't think it's a big deal. Albert Breer followed up on the report and he said that the expectation has been that much of the scouting department would be turned over post draft. Right. So all those guys are going to be looking for new work. They're thinking, hey, maybe if I give some of this information leading up to the draft, they'll put it out there in a better light. Maybe it makes me look better as a scout or something like that. And then you're like just trying to work relationships to try to get a better job. So I understand if you want to keep things under wraps, the best way to do it is to get only the people with the information that you need, put them in the room, and then you can, like, if something goes out there, Mike Mayock can look at John Gruden and say, was it you? And Correct. he can look at him. Was it you? No. Yeah. Or who else? You well, know? Closing ranks is usually a practice when you don't, you know, that, that's employed when you're not trusting what you got around you. And that speaks to a bigger picture. And we talked about this the other day. If, in fact, you don't trust the people that are in your building, then I do support the closing ranks. But if you have a healthy environment, one one which, you know, you trust people to do their job and you trust them to keep those those, those secrets secret, then you don't have to send them all home. Because, again, you know, I felt that being in the front office for the scouts that were there, if they had championed for a kid, and we had kind of universally agreed, all right, that's going to be our guy, man. You know, that that is a huge feather in Danny's cap as the scout. Right. And you want him to be there to kind of be a part of the night when all of his work comes to fruition. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So, but that's provided you have a healthy environment and everyone kind of on the same page. If you're telling me about a kind of toxic, I don't trust you type of environment, then yeah, I mean, you probably have to let those guys go so they don't screw up whatever leverage you may have with all of these picks you got. So, you know, what's going to be interesting is that scenario I just told you, like, hey, there's a leak. Was it you? Was it you? Yeah. That actually might have just occurred because oh. Ian Rappaport, who had this original report, has a new tweet out this morning, 728, said, as the Raiders ponder where to go with their fourth overall pick, worth noting, Oakland Brass moved Dwayne Haskins up their board late this week. <laughs> Source said he impressed them in his workout and could be a consideration at number four. So where are these leaks still coming from at this point? Have you cleared everybody out to prevent this from happening? Well, there are two type of leaks, right? The yes. type of leaks that you don't want out there where someone just slips up because he's had, you know, one too many coronas and he's, yeah. and he's talking to a buddy. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a the type of leak that you strategically put out there and you discuss with who John Gruden and Mike Mayock and they say, all right, May, here's what we're going to do. I need you to call your guy and I need you to leak this right now because this is the strategy behind doing that and if they did that then you know that people do that all the time but there are two types of leaks one where it was a mistake and you're yep. like oops and the other where you're like okay Purposeful. I strategize about this right yep. and you want to make people think a certain way whether it gives you leverage in a trade Correct. situation you know just you want to keep people guessing Absolutely. as much as possible so that's that would be the trend for me is this probably was leaked by Mayock or Gruden and, and purposely right. stating I think there's I think we'll get to this later when we finish the show but I think Dwayne Haskins and the Raiders are the most intriguing storylines. And we'll t- I'll tell you why later, but I think those are going to be the two big topics of conversation tomorrow. Speaking of dysfunctional relationships, the Washington Redskins are a complete mess. Mm. And they've been for some time because, in my opinion, Daniel Snyder has no idea what he's doing as an owner. He's a successful businessman that doesn't translate into good NFL owner. He gets too involved with the front office. And I think what you essentially have is a billionaire playing fantasy football yeah. with real money, not online on, you know, fantasy football. It's, it's real to him, and he thinks he can go, and he knows what quarterback he likes. So now there's reports coming out of Washington that he's pushing for a certain player, and the front office is like, hold on a second. We don't, maybe we don't need that position. Maybe we don't like that player. And it's similar to what happened when they selected RG3. Daniel Snyder was like, I'm all in on him. He's the quarterback of the future. They traded away a bunch of assets to yeah. get him. And then you know what Mike Shanahan did? He said, yeah, okay, we'll take him. I'm going to take Kirk Cousins <laughs> later in the draft because I like him better. That's dysfunction then, at its finest. It's That's dysfunction great. at its finest. 
And just to make sure that I don't, you know, just slam Daniel Snyder, I think it's in any situation in the NFL. I think Jerry Jones is a good example. Right. When you have an owner who just meddles in the business, the everyday business, when you hire people to do that. Now, Jerry Jones thinks he can do it himself. I disagree. But Daniel Snyder, you have people in place that are spending their entire livelihoods scouting players, talking to them, interviewing them. Stay out of their business. It's just going to screw it up. And that's why the Redskins have been a complete mess for the last decade. Any good boss um, has a real ability to delegate, you know, to, to see talent, hire talent, trust that talent, do its job and sit back and, and let it do its job and kind of delegate those responsibilities. Bad managers are in there micromanaging stuff. Um, and I, I've, I've worked with people before, um, general managers whose, whose lives were made very, very difficult by an owner who thought that he knew more than the guy that he entrusted to do that job. And it becomes a difficult thing, and it, it's always a... You know, it, it, it's always a stressful situation in there. You can't be your best as a team. You can't be your best as a general manager when you've got an owner coming in there and doing and doing things like that. You know, typically this is a this is a personality trait I think of 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 wealthy, highly successful business people. They rarely think that they are not good at something. Right. They're always the best at everything, and and to some degree, athletes have it too. You think what? What do you say? Right. Beat a tiger. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Exactly. No, we feel like that. Right. You know what I mean? You you talk to Kobe about playing tennis. Probably tell you beat you in tennis. Right. Has no idea what type of tennis player you are. <laughs> right. But he'll beat you. He's gonna and, believe that. Right. And so owners are no real. They're not different in, in, in that regard, other than they, you know, they they own this business, and a lot of times they can't get out of their own way, and it's unfortunate because to your point. These guys that you've hired, these guys that have gone through the interview process to, to get these jobs and beaten out every one of their peers to get it, they spent their life like sharpening their skills in this capacity, and you kind of step all over them. Some guys, too, of a certain stature, maybe not the tallest, yeah, okay. they kind of yeah, have a little yeah, chip a on their shoulder, so different. they want to get in there and feel like, hey, I've, I've done all this. I want to throw my weight around. I own this team. I've seen I want to make the too. decision. Yeah. That could, or, that may or may not be happening here. Yeah, with Dan, the, uh, is Daniel with Snyder, is he vertically challenged? He is vertically challenged. Yeah, that could well, be something that's going on there. Yeah. Um Injuries are a big, unfortunate reality of the draft process. Yeah. You know, sometimes guys get hurt during the season, as would happen with Marquise Hollywood Brown mm-hmm. from Oklahoma. Wasn't able to run at the combine. He put on tape a 4-3. Uh, Rashawn Gary, it just came out that he had shoulder issues. Um, that really was just, I think it was just reported like within the last week. Yes. Uh, and Jeffrey Simmons, uh, defensive end from, uh, lineman from Mississippi State, ACL issue that he tore while training yeah. for the draft. Ooh. If you're evaluating these players, how much does that impact you? I think it varies. Uh, uh, Marquise Brown in a foot, probably not that big of a deal to me. Right. Um, provided it, I mean, there are different degrees of, of injury, course. obviously, as well. But, but I think when you're talking about, um, you know, ACLs, major shoulder injuries for, for guys that are going to have to be using those shoulders and stuff, those become more significant for me than, than maybe a, a broken bone in your foot or something like that. And typically the heavier a guy gets, and I don't know that this is fair or not, but the heavier a guy gets with lower extremity injuries, the more concerned I become. L- lighter guys typically, the stress level that you're putting on those joints isn't the same as, as, as big guys. So, you know, Marquise Brown would be the least concern for me here. Um, Rashawn Gary, probably second left, and then Jeff- Jeffrey Simmons. You said he's a, he's an offensive lineman or defensive line? lineman, yeah. Yeah, probably for a defensive lineman, more concerning O-line. I mean, they wear those big old braces <laughs> and stuff like that. And so they don't have really... to be that much lateral. They're just, they're, they have to be quick on their feet, but they're not as much lateral movement. Correct. They can kind of do their job without it. Um, I think it always boils down to a couple things. I think one, do you need an impact player week one? Some teams do. Yeah. Some teams are desperate, and you might say, you know what? I can't wait six months. I can't, right. I can't take the risk of a year. Um, but then the dynamic becomes, all right, if the guy's dropping because of his injury, 
And that's where a team like the Patriots, I can see the Patriots, they have a luxury. They can sure. say, you know what, we're established. We've got a, you know, we have depth on our team. When they all of a sudden come into play, probably the best example of a team taking a risk on a guy where it really paid off and it had, it, it took a long time for the return on the investment was Jalen Smith, who was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. He was 34th overall, hurt his, uh, Hurt his knee. It was ugly right. in the Fiesta Bowl. And there was, like, nerve damage. Oh, wow. I mean, it was a really nasty injury. And at one time, he was mentioned as a top-five pick. Goes out, sits out his entire rookie year, doesn't play at all, kind of slowly gets back. And then this year, had a monster year. Like, right. he's been incredible. And so, like, Jerry Jones took that risk, but he had the luxury of being able to wait for it to pay off. And now he's got an incredible player. Bears take a kid like that, too. Was it, was it, was it, no, maybe not the Bears. Maybe it was the Dolphins. Some, one of them took a lot, was a linebacker, I thought, that, that uh was coming off of an injury like that. I can't. I, no, no, but, but it happens all yes, the time. Yeah. And it's all of each team might, uh, uh, you know, evaluate it differently. It is, you know, my dad was a team doctor for the Miami Dolphins, and it is where you really have to trust your medical yeah, staff sure. there, and it's hard to get your hands on them. But that's why they'll bring them in to your, you know, if, if Marquise Brown is being evaluated by the New England Patriots or mm-hmm. the Miami Dolphins, whatever team it is, they'll get them on, and it's yes, it's to talk about them, X and O, see what kind of kid it is. But more importantly, they probably want to get him in their medical staff, get MRIs done, have him pull and tug on sure. their, you know, foot, shoulder, whatever issue it is, and find out what kind of, uh, what kind of injury it is and just how long they think they could be without him. All right. Welcome back to Canel and Bell hanging out live in Nashville, the doghouse saloon, having a blast, man. It's a fun show. Is- I love being on site. We get a little bit I of energy here. We got a good crew. We got the new era. You know, I was talking to the guy. My man over there from New Era. Yeah. These could look pretty good all the time, you know? We could have a nice little setup here. Could be, could be right? the start of some could relationship. Set build yeah, out for both the, you for and the... I, I'm a hat guy. Like, I'm always wearing a lid. Yeah. I picked up a hat last night at the bar I was at. I don't know if that was the best purchase I've ever made. Alex. 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 Yeah. Alex, Alex from Alex, New Era, Alex, uh, Alex, took Alex, care of us here with all these lids that we got. Um, you know what I also like? What? I'm just saying, standing. Yeah. I, I like that little blood flow. Coker, our producer, might have to uh, evaluate this because, yeah. you know, back when we get back to uh, Fort Lauderdale in our studio there, it could be a nice little setup. Yeah, I don't well, know. Yeah, yeah, it is. I feel a little bit more free. Can we get some feedback? You think yeah. we can get some participation? A little, little, little feedback from the people, see what they like? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Right, if you like the stand-up yeah. set, tweet us at Canel and Bell. There you go. And we'll definitely put it to our bosses, and they oh. probably will ignore it. But tell us what you think, <laughs> and we'll, we'll push for it anyway. All right. right. NBA playoffs. Last night, the Clippers... Upset the Warriors. I actually took the Clippers with the points last night. Yeah. I was trying to look for. I think it was eleven. They were getting. I just now all the other games were blowouts. Everybody was on the Warriors, thinking they're going to close out. They don't. The Clippers pull off the upset in Golden State. Yeah. They beat them one twenty nine one 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 twenty one in Game Five to extend the series again. Of all the series, you would have said, "Oh, it should be a wrap." This is the one that's going the longest. How much concern do you have for the Warriors well, at this point? Not in this series. I don't have much concern for the Warriors in this series. But is, it, is it a greater sign, though? Is it, yeah. a, is it a warning sign that they're not able to close out? Um, I, yeah, I think it is. And, I, and I'll, t- I'll tell you why. It's been interesting. You should have known that the Clippers, or I should have known that the Clippers were going to come out and go toe-to-toe. I, I didn't think that they necessarily had the firepower to do it. But they've given you no indication to think that they were a quitting type of team or a, le- a lay-down and roll-over type of team. All season long, they've been doing this. They, they traded Tobias Harris, the trade deadline. People thought it was ridiculous. They thought they were tanking, and they still come out, and they're viable down the stretch. So they are game to fight. What concerns me about the Warriors is is this. They've given up in the in the Clipper wins. They've allowed the Clippers to shoot 55% from the field, 41.5% from three, and they've given up 132 points in those two wins by the Clippers. When you see a better team like the Houston Rockets in the next round, 
You cannot allow people to score the ball, number one, that easily, and number two, that effectively. That's a concern for me. Now, in the losses, they've been good defensively, 39.8% from the field for for um, for L.A., and only 104 points per game for the fifth-leading scoring team in the NBA. That's pretty good defense. They're really, really inconsistent with that defensive effort, that being Golden State. That's a concern when you play a team that's as good offensively as the Rockets, and the Rockets are much better than the Clippers defensively. Let me right ask now. you something, because it, it, it's my – Hunch, watching the Warriors all throughout the regular season and listening to Steve Kerr express his frustrations on the defensive side of the ball, that they kind of coast on the defense side of the ball through the regular season, and now they flip the switch. Is it an effort thing? Is it them just kind of communicating? Is it, it chemistry on the defense side a, of the ball? It, Why they, like, are, can they get this thing up to speed when they do face a better team like the Rockets? Um, I think that having your adrenaline flowing and knowing that that team pushed you to the brink last year will naturally have you a little bit more sharp. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is the hardest thing to do when you're talking about flipping the switch uh, to flip it on the defensive end. Offense, usually you figure that out. Guys are that good offensively. Probably don't have to pay as much attention to detail. It's more of a natural thing. Defensively, uh, your assignments, what you're trying to do on said player, the game plan for the series itself. If you're not sharp on the defensive end of the uh, of the floor, that that's where... That's where that that um, lack of focus and stuff starts rearing its ugly head, and that's what Steve Kerr's talking about. We'll be fine offensively. Yeah, they're scoring a lot of points, but defensively, it's not that easy to flip a switch and then all of a sudden get locked in into what you're trying to do. Because offensively, they had their kind of typical game. You don't know where it's going to come from, but you get the monster performance from yeah. Kevin Durant. Gets 45. Steph still had 24. Clay had 22. They kind of all took care of business. It's strictly a defensive and Danny, issue. They all shot well from the yeah. field. They were all right around you know 45 to 50 percent. So no one really had a bad game. They just gave. You gave up 130-some points, 129 <laughs> right. points. You're going to get beat. Right. You're going to get beat. Kevin Durant with the 45 last night, with the season that he's had, with the season that LeBron had, or the lack of success LeBron had, is this the passing of the torch? Is it taking place right now of the, quote, best player in the world? Yeah. Because it I, sure looks like it. I, I think it's happening. Um, I think it's gradual. And I think because LeBron, you're not seeing him right now, people are reluctant to kind of do it because you think when he comes back next year, he's going to hop right back to, uh, you know, vintage LeBron form. And and so it, you know you don't have everybody willing to just say all right KD's the dude but yeah it's happening right before our eyes and and KD is more gifted a scorer than LeBron yes um you know KD picks and chooses defensively LeBron does too at this point um would you rather cover a dude who's seven feet a little skinnier but can shoot the three can extend the floor or a dude who's six nine two sixty five two seventy who can try like just do that bully ball. Who would you rather cover? I'd rather cover the the wrecking ball of a of a physical you, you specimen. Would say LeBron, because I can bait you into some things mm-hmm. at six nine, and I and I played LeBron. Now he wasn't as polished polished as an offensive player as he is now, but sometimes physical guys like that rely on that physicality. And if you're if you're crafty defensively, you can bait him into some offensive fouls. You know, offensive fouls start to change an offensive player's mentality, and maybe he's not coming at you anymore like that. Now he's relying on that jump shot, which he doesn't really trust. And now you've got him doing some things he doesn't want to necessarily do. A guy like Kevin Durant does what he wants to do. He's just too big. Yep. So there's nothing you can do to affect his vision at the rim. You're too small to do that. So give me the bigger, stronger guy, not the long uh, shooting. Game got six it. is Friday, ten uh, Eastern. I tell you, this is one. You, it's in L.A. You're, you're Golden State. You want to? You don't want to go Game Seven. But you know what's interesting? And, and if you're if you're Golden State, I, I'd actually kind of feel good about this. The Clippers haven't won on their home court yet. They've <laughs> right. won both of the games in, in Golden State. Um, although game four, if I'm being honest, and I think the Clippers players kind of alluded to that, Patrick Beverly had a quote saying, we feel like game four 
we lost. They didn't beat us in that. So if you think, that, you think that's interesting, like he's he's talking about them being up in the series instead of Golden State. That'd be everyone would be panicking. Yeah, that. absolutely they would. All right, the other uh, series, uh, Golden State, if they win, will face is the Rockets as they eliminate the Jazz, 193 last night. They win the series 4-1. So what do the Rockets do now? Like, what is Mike D'Antoni's plan? Is there they know? I mean, they're assuming they're going to face the Warriors, sure, right? So sure. what, what types of things should they be working on now getting ready for that series? Um, they need to shoot the ball a lot. <laughs> no, right. I mean, it's right. as simple as that. They need to, when they play Golden State, all of the three-point shooters have to be oiled up and, and making shots because that's, that's when they are at their best offensively. There's some things schematically that you'll want to make sure you go over. I don't know what that is for them in terms of game planning for Golden State. You know, you'll be watching film every day. You'll get... Uh, uh, a flash drive in your locker or a, or a passcode to go ahead and stream some, like, all of Danny Cannell play, Danny Cannell's plays, if that's going to be your matchup in the series. Everyone individually needs to know their opponent inside and out. Uh, but more importantly for them offensively, they need to be clicking. They need to be making shots. And I would imagine that the way Utah kind of played James Harden, although I don't think that's the blueprint, I don't think everybody's going to employ that strategy, it did tweak him a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, so, he started the one game 0 for 15. He started last yeah. night 0 for 7. He did. It was in his head a little so bit. So what you want to do if you're Mike D'Antoni and staff is, is just look at that and play around with what, if they do that, what do you need to do to counter it? Because they looked a little unprepared for that strategy. I had never seen it before. I don't think they had either. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to Cadell and Bell finishing off the show here in Nashville, the Doghouse Saloon. Uh so the draft tonight, a lot of storylines. We can't wait to see who goes where. Unfortunately, the NFL could have a nightmare on its hands. If you look at the weather forecast for Nashville, I'd hate to see it happen. Because Nashville, great city, was out last night partaking in some of the festivities. Yeah. Broadway Street, it's all set up outdoor. It's beautiful. They got sure. a big stage. Sure. They got all kind of viewing setups. Rooftop bars are like the thing here. Right. Like everybody's outside. Weather could actually play a factor in it, and not only for the spectators, but they're saying that there could be lightning, Bro. which is they have a contingency plan, the NFL does, which is? where they could actually move the players, bust them to a different location, have them inside. But here's the thing. Like, if the draft starts at 8, it's very structured. Like, they, and each team gets 15 minutes. Correct. Like 15 like you can't minutes just pause the clock. So you can't pause the clock. So they're going to try to have this plan where they might stop it for a couple, like delay it for a little bit, take everybody off. The, but then they ha- they want to get right back on the clock as soon as possible. Um, it could be an absolute mess. You missed on this one, NFL. You don't do. There are two places where you do things outdoors, and you can count on it. What, I mean, L.A. Yeah, right? yeah. L.A. never rains LA. in Southern California. And Phoenix. Yeah, that you, you can you can pretty much put your clock to it's not going to rain. And if you draw the day that it rains, oh. it just wasn't meant to be. Anywhere else, man, put it indoors. Like you can't. No, but it's such a great atmosphere. Like Chicago no, I, was awesome, Philly was awesome. You got people out in these squares, great shots, camera shots. You got people everywhere. You missed today. I think you, you got to roll so the it dice. Was outdoor, it was outdoors in Chicago and in yeah, Philly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Philly well, had some it. incredible. Like it's like but you're rolling. It's Russian roulette. Oh, it is yeah. Russian roulette. Absolutely, it is. So we'll see if the uh, the weather gods there will be kind to the. NFL, it could be an app. You, I love how I'm worried about fans, like logistics, and you're thinking nah, about players. That I'm talking about thousand dollars suits and shoes, <laughs> exactly. hair did all exactly. That, right? uh, hopefully that we don't have to worry about that, but it'll be something to keep an eye on. What else would be something to keep an eye on? Are the NFL props that are taking place? So let's start off with Kyler Murray, who I, it's been almost mm-hmm. a done deal when everybody talks about it uh, that he's going number one to the Arizona Cardinals. 
I have seen Westgate actually took him off the board. Ooh. There has been some movement late Ooh. where it was a virtual lock leading up to it. Now it's starting to get where it's a little bit like, uh-oh, this isn't as much of a lock as it was before. Maybe that's just overreaction leading up, a lot of rumors. But which team will select Kyler Murray? Arizona Cardinals minus 600, so heavy favorite. Oakland Raiders plus 500 or the Miami Dolphins plus 700. How did the Dolphins even get there? So the Dolphins, I I don't know if you remember me talking about this like months ago. Yeah. After the season, I said the Dolphins should take Kyler Murray. Right. They need to make a splash. Their franchise is awful. Similar to the Arizona Cardinals, they got a new staff, so you can start fresh with a new staff and a new quarterback, pair them together and give them five years to try to, you know, figure things out. They're not going to get him at 13. I don't know if they have enough to trade up to get him at one. It is interesting if the Arizona Cardinals don't Select him one, then what the heck happens? If they don't take him one, this draft explodes. Exactly. Which is awesome. Like I feel awful for Kyler Murray, but you talk about storylines that will develop, people panicking, like all of a sudden those draft boards, everybody's scrambling to figure out, hey, do we like him? What it means for Dwayne Haskins? What does it mean for all the quarterbacks? Like it would be nuts. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I hate the value of minus 600, even though I think Mm -hmm. he's going to go to the Arizona Cardinals number one. I'm going to take – the Oakland Raiders. Really? At plus 500. I think there's some value there. I think Gruden and them have been coy. I think they need to make a splash. I think they, they would love to get a player who's electric like him mm-hmm. to take him to Las Vegas when they move the franchise there in another year or two. I think there's some value there. I right. think they're crazy enough to do it. And they've got so many first-round picks they can afford to move up and yeah. still address some of the issues that they have on the defensive side of the ball. Antonio Brown and Kyler Murray, well, like, make pitching, it happen. You're pitching. I'm, I'm telling like you, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. You're <laughs> pitching it. And I think, right. yeah, well, I'm it's going. a long shot. Like, I'm if going. you have a couple couple bucks, you yeah. want to just kind of get crazy with it, I'd say take But I think he's going to go to Arizona. All right, so here we go. So if Kyler Murray gets taken number one mm-hmm. overall, it means what happens to Josh Rosen? Does he get traded by the Arizona Cardinals. Yes is three to one. No is even money. One well, to one. Obviously, if I if I went with, with you know him, then, then it's a no, right? Like he stays in Arizona because the the Raiders picked up Kyler Murray. But I do think he's going to get traded because ultimately I do think Kyler Murray is going to go number one. All right, here's where I wouldn't be shocked. I think he does get traded. I don't necessarily think it has to play out tonight. I did. You would ask me a week ago, but the more I look at it, he's a tenth overall pick. I think if you're the Cardinals. You could afford to keep Kyler Murray and Joshua. Worst case scenario, you could say, you know what? Both of them are on rookie deals. Right. We'll keep them both. If, you, if you're not going to give us a first, Ooh. we'll ride with them. Ooh. I think it might not happen till tomorrow. Like I think you could, or, or the next day. Like I think, right. I think it you're happens. Talking about... I don't know if it necessarily happens tonight while they're on the clock and they, ha- or you know, yeah. in the next twelve hours. There is no scenario in which, in, under which they should roll into the next month. Right. With you both would, of those guys on, right. you know, on the Right. At that point, roster. you've got to do it. And yeah. I think it's a risk. It's a game of chicken. The Cardinals are playing with every team that calls them that's interested in Josh Rosen. Yep. They're probably saying, nope, we'll, we'll keep him if you don't give us a first or Absolutely. if you don't give us the, the what we want to, to, to whatever the number is. Mm-hmm. They might just be able to ride with him. So I, I don't think it's necessarily a done deal tonight. It, well, I, I think he, he's going to get moved, but it might not happen tonight. All right. Our boy DK Metcalf, who was awesome. We had him on here to start the show. If you're just tuning us now, make sure you go check out the podcast because he was great. Over under on where he is selected is set at twenty five and a half. Under, so does he get drafted higher than the twenty? Higher, higher would be the under, right? Yeah. So you're saying he gets? I think I hate these ones. You get yeah, uh, this over is tough. Under. Higher, I think he'll go before twenty five. Let's put it down. Okay. Way. So yeah. So that would be the under. Right. I'm thinking that's what it is. Yeah. I'm gonna say. I hope he does. Yeah. I'm going to say he gets picked later okay. than 25 and a half. Just it's it's a really strong defensive draft class. 
I think he does have some question marks about the lateral movement. Sure. I don't think it's much further. And you know what's probably good for DK Metcalf? Better team. Absolutely. If he went to the Colts at 26, to the Chargers at 28, to the Seahawks at 29, any one of those kind of teams we did this little hat ball cap Rorschach yeah. would be outstanding where, for him. Is, and give him a better quarterback who can utilize his size. Where's New England down there towards the end of that? 32. So uh, that's why I asked him that. If he gets down there, I'd rather. Oh, and they're going to snatch yeah. him too because they had the Josh Gordon experiment, which, you know, did not work out. I, oh, so Coca just said he won't pass the Ravens at 22. Ooh, He's yeah. our, our, right. Coca's our resident Ravens fan. Or the uh, Seahawks at 21. So the Seahawks are in Seahawks need to give Russell sure. Wilson uh, some weapons mm-hmm. there as well. All right. Dwayne Haskins. Over under 13 and a half. Because, I, this because, is easy. Yes. If the Dolphins, if he slips to the Dolphins and the Dolphins pass on him, he's your number one quarterback, right? Yes. If he's, if he goes past the Dolphins, the Dolphins, I, I, not that I've ever really been all in, but I am completely all out. And you're, you're stadium 10 minutes from me. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna go higher than six. Right. I just have a feeling. I, I think all the stuff has been a smokescreen that you've heard about Dwayne Haskins. I think he's the best quarterback in this class with the lowest risk right. like you can take him and you can go tell him to your owner and tell him to your fan base and explain everything there so i think he goes higher i think he even goes higher than uh than six so we'll see how that plays out so i think that's easy money right uh drew lock e. 13 and a half mm. i think this is easy too you know why why because john elway freaking loves drew lock Where they? he has fallen in love with him they're at 10 oh well and go. i think they i don't think joe flacco is the answer I think Drew Locke, I think he's swung and missed on a lot of quarterbacks. Elway has. Paxton Lynch was a dud. I think Drew Locke is John Elway's guy. I think he goes at 10. So I, I think it, the Haskins and Drew Locke, I think, are easy money when you look at it right there. Okay. Well, what, uh, what I mean, a, if, I'm a Drew, if I'm drafted by by, by uh, John Elway, it's great. I don't know if it is, is it? <laughs> Could it be the jinx? You I was looking me. at it from the perspective, like, you got your mentor, yeah, you go live. Exactly. But you bring up a pretty good point. He has been a pretty much of a jinx. Uh, tonight, we got yeah. 30 more seconds on the show. What are you most looking forward to, like to see unfold? I, I would like to see a shakeup. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I would like, I, I enjoy watching when it's not chalk and we get a lot of movement and, and people are kind of scrambling to get what they want and they, there's an opportunity for them to reach further than they thought they could. And so I'd, I'd like to see a little shake up in it. It's a quarterback driven league. I can't wait to see the two top guys. Kyler Murray, does he go one? If he doesn't, it's going to be explosive. It's going to set a whole dominoes. Dwayne Haskins, where does he go? Does he drop? There's been some speculation there. I don't think he does, but that'll be the storyline. Mm-hmm. But we will be here tomorrow to break it all down. Canel and Bell. Enjoy the draft.